Well, how are you doing? Are you hanging in there? Okay. It's week two of lockdown and week two of our return to church online. And last week we began a series called Thriving in Lockdown, looking at a short passage in the book of Jude. This is a passage, a letter, which has been written by the half-brother of Jesus. And it's written to members of the early church who were undergoing some difficulties in both their everyday and church lives. They were falling victim to false teaching. False teachers had infiltrated their ranks and were seeking to stir up division amongst them. This letter was written to encourage the beloved, encourage them to club together, to come together and to hold true to the truth and hope that they had in Jesus Christ, calling them to live lives of holiness together in community, to remain spiritually strong and to help others, to build one another up in the most holy faith. And whilst we may not be facing the exact same issues which were faced by the beloved at the time of writing, we here at McGee and Nazarene firmly believe in the inspired living word of God. We believe wholeheartedly that that which Jude wrote to the church nearly a couple of thousand years ago is still applicable to us today even as we face an era of a global pandemic, an era of social distancing, of social isolation, and a world which just doesn't seem to follow the teachings of the good book, of the Holy Scriptures. And I believe with heart and with soul this morning that the content of these verses contain instruction for how we, yes we, as the people of God, can not only survive this latest lockdown, but also how we can thrive despite the current circumstances which we face. And despite whatever circumstances we may face in the future. So let's read the passage together again and remind ourselves of the word of truth, of the word of God. And we're going to hand over to Elizabeth. And she's going to read these words to us from Jude, verses 17 to 25. Thank you, Elizabeth. The reading is from Jude, verse 17 to 25. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last times who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts, These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making the distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Saviour, who alone is wise, 
be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen. Well, amen. And thank you again for reading for us, Elizabeth. Jude gives us some very specific and important ways that we can thrive in our current climate in these verses. Last week, we took the opportunity to look at the first two about what it means to build one another up in the most holy faith and what it also means for us to pray in the Holy Spirit. These are communal activities. In other words, these are things which we simply cannot do in isolation of one another, but must do together as fellow believers, even when we are separated by distance. And I want to encourage you, if you missed last week's teaching, make sure you get caught up. Go and listen back to it on either our Facebook, YouTube or podcast platforms. But this week we consider the next two instructions which are given by Jude to the beloved. Firstly, we're going to consider what it means to keep yourselves in the love of God. And then secondly, we're going to look at the topic of waiting on God. So first point, keep yourselves in the love of God. The call of Jude to the beloved to keep yourselves in the love of God actually forms the central command of what is actually one sentence in the Greek, which make up verses 20 and 21. A command of community. The beloved are here commanded to look out for the others in the group by keeping them in the love of God. There is emphasis placed on the need for holiness, not only individually, but corporately as a body of believers. The living of a holy life was to be and still is to be today, not only an individual thing which is kept to ourselves, but rather it is to be lived out as part of the larger community of God. I have regularly shared a quote by John Wesley speaking about this. John Wesley says, Holy solitaires is a phrase no more consistent with the gospel than holy adulterers. The gospel of Christ knows no religion but social, no holiness but social holiness. We were created for community. And this call by Jude is very similar to the instruction which Jesus gave to his disciples in John chapter 15, where he instructed them to abide in his love. But what does that mean for us today? What does that mean for you as a child of God? What does that mean for us collectively as the children and the people of God? How can we keep ourselves in the love of God? And how are we to abide in his love? What does it actually mean? Well, one of the most important ways in which we can keep ourselves in the love of God as the church of Jesus Christ is to obey his commands. That we do as he instructs us to do. 
At the time of recording, Chloe and I still find ourselves in a situation where one of our daughters, Annie, is at home and the other daughter, Sophia, is in the hospital until she reaches the required weight which will allow her to come home and be reunited as a family of four under one roof. And we're very excited about when that day comes. But in order to facilitate all of the running back and forth and back and forth and back and forth to the hospital, Chloe's mum has moved into the house as she was part of our bubble to begin with. And something that we've started doing each night, perhaps by accident, is we've started watching a show together on Alibi, the channel, and it's called Major Crimes. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I certainly hadn't until the past couple of weeks, but this is a fictional show which follows the major crimes unit in the LAPD, the Los Angeles Police Department. It's absolutely fascinating. I can't sell it enough. And we're all hooked as the story which is weaved throughout the series seems to be heading now towards some sort of conclusion. One of the amazing things about the program is how it shows how all the different departments within the LAPD need to be working in tandem to ensure that the major crimes unit are able to not only crack the case but arrest those who they're looking for and make the streets a safer place. If this working in tandem with one another were not a reality, it would be nigh on impossible for them to solve the cases and lock up the bad guys. You see, this show shows how everyone needs to do their job, how everyone needs to stay on script, and everyone needs to keep one another updated and work in tandem until the guilty parties have been put behind bars. And when that doesn't happen, disaster strikes. Back to our reading, this display and growth in communal holiness expressed by keeping one another in the love of God is in direct contrast to the behaviour of the ungodly group whom Jude refers to in earlier verses in his letter. In verse 12, he describes this group as shepherds who are feeding themselves and paints a picture of them as being people who have no consideration and give no consideration nor thought to the common good or the spiritual well-being of the wider group. They're in it for themselves. And if we are to remain within the love of God. This is something that we've got to do in tandem. It's something that we've got to do in community. It's something that we've got to do looking toward the greater good of those around us. As the community of the church, whom God has called to himself and commissioned to live lives of holiness, just as he himself is holy. We've got to do it in tandem. We've got to do it in community. Because when we isolate ourselves, disaster will strike. 
And just as Jude calls the beloved to keep themselves in the love of God, he has already stated in the opening verse of his letter that they are kept for Jesus Christ. On first reading, this appears to be a little bit of a contradiction, don't you think? For if they are kept, as Jude clearly states in verse 1, then why on earth does he command them to keep themselves in the love of God only 20 verses later in verse 21? This is for us one example why it is so important to read scripture in context. That we don't just pick out one verse and make it say what we think it means or what we want it to mean. You see, what appears to be a contradiction actually serves to neatly illustrate to us the New Testament guidance to the Christian church and to us regarding what it means to live lives of holiness. And that's why the whole council of Scripture, rather than just picking things out in isolation, is so, so important. And if we are to hold on to our Wesleyan Armenian um, understanding of free will, which we do, it's important that we recognize and we realize that we are not forced. We are not forced to remain in God's love and to remain in the church. And that actually we can walk away. We can walk away and forsake God's grace and the call to holiness that he has placed on our lives in any in and at any point in our lives we can get up and walk out the reality is this that God keeps us but we also need to keep ourselves we are called to keep ourselves in the love of God whilst also knowing that we are kept by God this apparent contradiction is quite simply the opposite of a contradiction. And rather it helps to remind us that God delights. God delights in pouring out his grace upon us. And that he has lavished us in his love through the death, resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ the Son. And that he rejoices, as Zephaniah says, over us with singing. Our response as the beloved of God is that we are to live lives of holiness in community. Where encouragement, teaching, prayer and expectation are common practice and are experienced amongst the people of God as we contend for the faith which has been passed down from generation to generation to generation and of which we are the current generation. If we are to thrive in lockdown, not only are we to build one another up in the most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit, but we are to keep ourselves in the love of God by following his commands in community together. Living lives of holiness, which don't only encourage those around us, 
but which bring glory to his wonderful name. We are to keep ourselves in the love of God. But we are also, point two, to wait on God. The last command which Jude gives in this section is the call to wait. But what do we wait for? It's a call to wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ which that leads to eternal life. And just as we have been instructed to keep ourselves in the love of God, we are also reminded here of the end result of our faith in this call to wait on God. Just as we are expected to anticipate the mercy of Jesus as he meets us at the point of our need, we should also expect that mercy to lead us to a place where life is everlasting. But what is this mercy that Jude's talking about? And what does he mean whenever he calls us to wait? And what does that even look like for you and for me today in the midst of a global pandemic when we're stuck at home, where we're protecting the NHS and we're saving lives? What does that look like for us? One theologian described mercy this way. He said, mercy is the emotion that arises when one sees another person's affliction. And I love this description of mercy. For it paints the picture of God seeing our affliction. Seeing the difficulties which we had faced. And how he was so moved with mercy that he sent his only beloved son Jesus Christ to redeem us and to draw us back to himself our sins as the song says our sins they are many but his mercy is more and the good news for us today is this it's that he sees and still sees and is still moved by our affliction. He is close to the brokenhearted. He is near to the lonely. He is still lifting the heads of the weary and downtrodden. To those who are weak and heavy laden, he says, come, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He's still moving amongst us and through us by the power of his Holy Spirit. And the truth is this, that without God's mercy in our lives, not even the best, most upright person would be able to escape condemnation. It is only by grace that we are saved through faith. God's mercy, his unmerited favour in our lives. Our hope, our hope 
of inheriting eternal life rests solely, solely with the mercy of God. And it was out of the mercy of God that Christ first came and died. And it will be a result of the mercy of God that Christ will come again on the day of the Lord. And it can come as little surprise, therefore, that Jude calls us to wait for this mercy to be revealed to us. And we are to live in eager yet patient expectation. Folks, I want to tell you today that no matter what you're going through, no matter what difficulty you are facing, no matter how lonely you are, no matter how sick you are, no matter how disturbed you are by the things that are going on around you, no matter how filled with doubt you are in these days, folks, we have a hope. We have a hope. And our hope will be made sight just as our faith will be made sight. And the hope is this, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for you and for me. This is what God is communicating to us today through Jude. We are to be a people who look beyond our present circumstances in which we find ourselves. We are to look beyond the reality of everything that is going on around us. Of the hopelessness which seems to be sweeping in huge, huge waves throughout our nation. Of the injustices that we see every day. And rather, we are to focus our attention on this firm everlasting hope to which we can and should hold. We are to focus our attention on the glorious day of Christ, looking to the eastern sky when the Lord will descend from the heavenly places and usher in a new heaven and a new earth. There is coming a day, church, when we shall see him face to face and we shall enter into the place that he has prepared in advance for us a place where we will join with the songs of angels and a countless multitude and where there will be no sickness no sorrow no weeping no global pandemics no financial issues no health issues, no family troubles, no more evil, no more pain and no more death. Hold on a little longer folks because help is on the way. Jesus is coming back. Our call this morning is to respond to this hope that we have by living lives of holiness in anticipation of this glorious day when the Lord returns and saves us by his mercy. And this call is rooted, you've guessed it, it's rooted in community and it requires the building up of one another in the most holy faith. It requires that we are a people who pray in the Holy Spirit. And that we keep ourselves in the love 
of God. Because if we were to solely wait, if we were to pay too much attention to the future hope, we would become so otherworldly that we would be no use whilst we were still here. These past two weeks, as we have looked at this passage in the book of Jude, we have focused on the call to the beloved to one another and how they are to live in community. And next week, we're going to begin looking at the second part of it. And the second part is what we can do as the beloved and what we are commanded to do as the beloved for those who are not yet part of our community. Those who are not yet part. So it's so important that all of our thoughts do not go toward this future hope. Because we still have work to do. But we can find comfort this morning or this evening or whatever time of the day you're watching this. We can find comfort both now and forevermore in the hope that Jesus is coming back for his church. Jesus is coming back, but we still have work to do. Church, let us be a people who thrive in lockdown. Who not only look forward to the future hope, but who also build one another up in the most holy faith. Who pray for and with one another in the Holy Spirit and keep ourselves in the love of God by obeying his commands. Not in isolation, but together in community. May we come closer together. Even though we are separated by distance, may we come closer together this lockdown and be the community which God, through Jude, is calling us to be. So I want to encourage you, pick up the phone, log into Zoom, send cards, read the word together, pray together, encourage one another and build one another up. For we were not created and you were not created to merely survive, but rather to thrive in anticipation of the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Church, we have a hope and his name is Jesus and he's coming back for his church. We can truly say with assurance today because of the witness of the Spirit in our lives that there are better days ahead than, now, than those which we have left behind. The best is well and truly yet to come. Cling to that hope. Live in community. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Worship him for he alone is worthy and let us do it together as the people of 